The Toronto Star wrote an article, um, which the headline reads, Minimum wage workers can't afford rent in most of Canada. It is because of a new report by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives that um, has some really discouraging um, findings in it, but we'll get to those. David McDonald joins us. He's the lead author of the study for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Before I get to um, the findings and some of the shocking findings, which are somewhat, they're shocking and they're demoralizing, but um, somewhat predictable, knowing what we know about how how, uh, expensive it is to buy a house in the city, this focuses on renting. How does your study define affordability? Well, what we did in this study was to take a look at how much you'd have to earn on an hourly basis to afford a one or two bedroom apartment in the big cities in Canada, but also individual neighborhoods within those cities. And we did that so that people can compare, you know, how much they make on an hourly basis versus what the what the uh, average apartment cost would be. Uh, and then we can also calculate from that how many hours a minimum wage worker or someone even working near minimum wage would have to work in order to uh, afford one of those apartments, either in the big city average or even in the individual neighborhoods. And the values are extremely high, particularly in Toronto. The star is referring to this as a crisis, which you say began in the uh, 1990s. What was the cause? Well, what happened is, is we think of rental housing as, as, you know, it's a market's deciding supply and demand and all that. Um, but actually, half of all new rental units uh, through the 1980s and early 1990s were actually built by government. They're affordable housing units. And in the early 1990s, those programs were completely cut. The federal uh, housing programs were completely cut. And as a result, uh, the construction of new rental units, craters, and is replaced by condo construction, which starts up in the early 1990s uh, and has trounced new rental construction ever since. And if you leave the construction of apartment buildings uh, up to the market, the market will build what investors want. So they want bachelor apartments that are small. They can easily trade back and forth. They won't build uh, what, what uh, you know, workers or regular people in Toronto want, which is more decent one- and two-bedroom apartments that are affordable. And that's one of the big challenges. Okay, so let's go through the most shocking findings in your study uh, on a r- rental affordability. So certainly when we look at cities like Toronto or Vancouver, the, to afford a two-bedroom apartment without spending more than a third of your income on rent, uh, that's going to cost you $35 an hour in Vancouver, $34 an hour in Toronto for a two-bedroom. So if you think of like a minimum wage worker, they'd have to be working 96 hours a week in Toronto to afford a two-bedroom. So if you were a single mother or you're someone supporting an elderly parent, which is obviously far too much. I think what's, what's potentially more shocking is that not just that the average Averages are high for the cities, but when we break it down to neighborhoods, so there's 117 different neighborhoods in the GTA, people think, well, you know, there's got to be some neighborhoods where it's a little bit cheaper, and therefore, you know, if you don't make a lot, you live there. Uh, And that's not the case either. Um, So certainly it's less expensive in places like Scarborough, but even most of Scarborough, uh, the rental wage is $25, $26 an hour to afford um, a two-bedroom apartment or 20 to 22 dollars an hour to afford a one-bedroom apartment. So there aren't even neighborhoods. And in fact, in all of the GTA, in all the 117 neighborhoods, there are zero neighborhoods where you can afford a one-bedroom apartment at minimum wage or a two-bedroom apartment at minimum wage. And I think that's concerning. Zero. Zero. That's right. Zero. Now, that's not unusual. There's also zero in Vancouver, zero in Calgary, zero in Ottawa. In fact, out of the 36 cities with data, 31 of which have no neighborhoods where you can afford a two-bedroom apartment at minimum wage. 
Wow. And I would, you know, thinking back to uh, when I lived in the city and uh, this is pre-marriage, let's go back about, you know, 20 years. I think that most of these, this uh, unaffordability has happened largely. You said in the 90s is when they stopped building uh, purpose-built rentals um, or at least funding it. Uh, But I think in the last 20 years, this has become a, a serious problem. Yeah, so I did look at how much this rental wage has increased. So today, for for the entire country, it's uh, uh, it's twenty two dollars an hour is what you'd need for the average apartment in Canada, and that's actually increased and started increasing actually in the early two thousands, right? Um, which is actually the same time frame as you start to see real estate prices start to go up. So folks that are looking to get into the housing market might be priced out of the housing market, and they return to the rental market, and they say, oh, look, rents are going up at the same time as they're going up in the real estate market. And so there is really no place to hide from high housing costs. I mean, we think of housing affordability only on the real estate side. That's really what's important is making sure that people can buy houses. Right. But look, a, th- a third of families rent. Um, and uh, we talk a lot less about their increasing costs, uh, even after adjusting for inflation. And I think a lot more people are starting um, to rent, and it's they're they're following suit in what's what's been going on in Europe for years and years. Yeah, and so as you see people being priced out of the real estate market, then they're going to default back into the rental market. Um, and in fact, what we're, we're at, we are actually seeing the construction of new rental units, but luxury rental, mm. uh, because folks are being priced out of the condo market. And so they're looking to rent instead of buying a condo because they just think that's too expensive. And one of the challenges with, with I mean, we think of like this as being a supply and demand issue, but you know, at the end of the day, if we uh, if we give the market what it wants, what it wants is bachelor condos for investors, uh, whether they be Canadian or foreign. Um, what we need in big cities is not what investors want. What we need is decent one and two bedroom apartments that are affordable for most, you know, most Canadians, most workers, so that people can live and work downtown. They can use transit instead of driving in for hours on end uh, on the highways, which is uh, an acute problem in Toronto. So who's responsible for this ultimately? Wouldn't that um, land on the shoulders of the major cities and, and their city councillors who could legislate uh, what developers have to do? A lot of this actually has to do with it, with what provincial and federal governments are funding. So it's not about zoning per se, um, but as we see the collapse of affordable housing spending uh, at the federal level in the early 1990s, purpose-built rentals as well collapses and builders move to the condo side. And so what we have seen is we have seen new money out of the federal government over the last couple of years uh, on their national housing strategy. And they're planning to build about 15,000 new units a year of affordable housing uh, between now through 2027. That's very positive. It's the most units, new units we've built on the affordable housing side since, uh, since the early 1990s when, when these, these uh, programs were gutted. But during the 1980s, we were building 20,000 new units a year. And now we're pretty happy. Or, well, we seem to be happy at 15. So there's, there's room to grow. We, I mean, we should definitely be back to where we were in the 1980s. We have 10 million more people today. And we've done essentially nothing on this file for, for 25 years. So there's lots more room to build more affordable housing and to have it be publicly, in, in essence, publicly built. I mean, this is being, this is, if we want decent housing mm-hmm. um, for lower income Canadians or Canadians just in general, um, on the rental side, it's going to be public policy that will drive that. There, there are a couple of beacons of light, and one of them is St. Catharines. What are the others? Well, certainly there are places where you where you can get a, a lower rent or, you know, lower two-bedroom wage. I think what's interesting in comparison to Toronto would be someplace like Montreal. Um, in Toronto, you just can't find apartments for under $25 an hour. That's, that's the rental wage. In Montreal, it's actually pretty common to find uh, neighborhoods where the average uh, rental wage is under $15 an hour. 
And so that's much closer than to the minimum wage that you'd see uh, in Ontario. And they're not off in the suburbs, right? They're right downtown. They're on the island. They're close to transit. And so uh, public policy matters. And if we decide to leave it up to the market, we'll end up with lots of condos that aren't necessarily all that affordable. Um, but we can drive more apartment construction, which would mean uh, you know lower rents for people. And so you'd end up more with a Montreal-style situation where you've got more affordable housing on the rental side in the downtown core, which is where you want a lot of those workers to be. So they don't need a car. They can use transit, but they can still afford to live. David, I have about 15 seconds left. What the, the timing of this speak to the timing of your release of this report and what your hopes are? Well, my hopes are that this raises the issue for the federal election and that people become interested not just in helping people buy homes, but also in helping people get affordable places to rent. It's a third of where Canadians are, and so I think it's an important issue, and hopefully we'll see that come up in the election. David, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. David McDonald, lead author of the study for Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives.